Football is upon us. Training camp has begun, Trip. Let me tell you. Eagles signed Dennis Kelly over the over the last week since we podcasted. And uh, I worked for the Eagles 10 years ago when they drafted. 11 years ago when they drafted Dennis Kelly. Dennis freaking Kelly, man. Still in the league. Dennis, you fucking hoss of a mullet barren meathead. You've made millions. Not multi-millions, but like a couple million a year, maybe one million for several years in a sumo-like arena standoff. And you don't win. You do okay. And that's okay by us. Here's to you, Dennis Kelly. May you have a fantastic NFL season. And may the rest of us enjoy it too as we win our Dynasty League championships because we listen to Dynasty is Life. Four, three, two, one. My favorite weapon is a tank. I'm going to open up a bank account just for this league. Eh, don't question my methods. I was riding the market while I was Take my balls, not my pick. <laughs> and of course, by work-life balance, you mean dynasty life balance. I, I, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. When your world revolves around fantasy football, dynasty is life. If you haven't had a chance to uh, spend some time gazing into the sultry eyes of Dennis Kelly's rookie photo, Make sure, make sure you do that. I feel like it will just impart football knowledge onto, onto you as a, as a human and uh, make you a better dynasty GM. So, Dennis Kelly, folks, sometimes you got to give a shout-out to the folks that don't normally get headlines, right? I mean, these running backs are out here making off-season headlines left and right, and meanwhile, there's just not a lot of love for the guys clearing the path. You know what I'm saying? So a little bit of love out there to Dennis Kelly, but uh, all of that said, I would like to see this running back situation work itself out. It's a shame that these guys aren't getting paid, and they are stars of the game. You've got wide receivers getting paid a ton of money. One of the issues with all of this, right, is if you take money away from one guy, you kind of have to give it to another guy. Um, I don't know that there couldn't be some scenario where maybe the balance, the scales are tilted more in the direction of the running backs. And I think they might deserve it. I mean, look, these are the guys out there taking a beating. They have shorter careers and they're making the highlight plays for the league. Like they're bringing the heat. They're, they're also the headliners in fantasy, like in our yeah, world, like, right. you know, they're they're the ones that are right. the most important, the Not most to valuable. Mention gambling, which generates a pretty penny for the NFL yeah. these days. Really interesting thing to look at, though. One of the things that can help you build your dynasty roster is sort of knowing how the collective bargaining agreements and transactions work in the NFL. So if that's not something that you studied, maybe we'll do an episode on that down the road for you, so you don't have to go read all the books. But it is <laughs> worth it is worth kind of learning that because it can help you make some predictions as to what might happen roster wise going forward. You know, a couple episodes ago, we were just talking about building the roster. Yeah. So, um, and that's what we're here to do. But they are really important um, in fantasy, as we said, but also they headline these draft classes. And that's something you want to take note of, but also be aware of, okay? Because especially in one quarterback dynasty, beware of the headlines of these draft classes because the quarterbacks and the running backs dictate the headlines. Now, you want to follow the specifics of what these draft classes offer. But a lot of time there's a narrative, this is the strong draft class. This is the weak draft class. So if there is a headlining running back, headlining quarterback, a lot of times they get labeled as this is the strong draft class. But as we know in one QB dynasty, wide receivers are very important. Let me give you just a couple of examples of this. Uh, in 2019, this was said to be a quote-unquote weak draft class. There was only Kyler Murray at the top and people were trading away their picks. Let me read some of the players that came out of this draft. Of course, Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, TJ Hawkinson, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Damian Harris, 
Alexander Madison, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Tony Pollard, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Renfro. Holy crap. Now, if you paid attention to the headline saying trade away your draft picks from this class, you know, you'd be shit out of luck. The uh, reason we're saying this, by the way, is because right now, this is your chance to make some moves if you do want to stock up on a particular future class in the way of draft picks. Yes, absolutely. Understanding what the draft has to offer. And last year's draft, we were saying it two, two years out, definitely one year out. If you need receivers, get some picks. Like You don't need the high-end picks in last year's draft. And it was labeled, again, as a weak class because Kenny Pickett was the headliner going at pick 20 for the, for the quarterbacks. And Brees Hall wasn't seen as like the elite of the elite until the draft process rolled around. So people were trading away these picks, and we don't need to go into you know what players came out last year, especially at the wide receiver position. You wanted picks. So it's important. And this year was supposed to be an elite draft class because of Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, C.J. Stroud. So if you had one of those top picks, you know, you did all right. But, Paul, we both know it, it really fell off after pick like five, six, seven. So if you were like yeah, stockpiling 23 picks because it's the yeah. strong draft class, you know, a lot of your assets are in maybe yeah. something you don't want to invest in. You definitely don't want to let that throw you off. And you, uh, the other two things Trip said is listen to the specifics Yes. And one of the important things about that is understanding, you know, your league settings, right? Like if this was a super flex conversation, we might be telling you the exact opposite, but we are a single quarterback conversation here. And we are going to talk a little bit about future draft classes on this very episode. It's time for new names. You heard here first. Excited for this, Paul. Now, my area of expertise is yours, so I'm excited to snake some info on today's episode. Trip, come with me. <laughs> I'm going to take you down into the cavernous lair that is the laboratory where I do all the film study. Where I check all the boxes. Might be right next to Batman's. I don't know. But let me tell you, I've been spending some time there, Trip. Whole lot of time. And I have been watching very carefully. <laughs> who is who next year and the year after? And who do you want to go for? And who do you need to know? I've got it all for you. Well, I thank you, Paul, and our listeners thank you. I, I can't wait to benefit off of your, your hard work right now. Well, I don't, really don't even know where to start because what, <laughs> what this is all about is, is do you want to make moves now that might help you in the future, right? That's, that's a big part of the conversation, but the other side of this is that it's just incredibly fun <laughs> to look at who's coming out next to the point that, like, developmental leagues are becoming more and more popular. And that's the first piece of advice that I want to give to the current Dynasty GM is keep your finger on the pulse of Devi leagues. I think they're stupid. I don't think you should play in any of them, Ooh. I will tell you, because it's just like the nice thing about Dynasty is, you know, you're sort of – aligning it with how the NFL roster building goes. Okay. And you're drafting players their rookie year and coming, you know what I mean? When you get into like developmental, you're like, I'm just predicting which high school kids are going to be good now. And I, and I understand like the fun in that. Like I like watching it, but like I find it much more fun to like then have to make the pick at the time when they're getting picked as an NFL player. I thought that you were going to say, we're going to work developmental draft into our current league situation. You went the other way. I, I was surprised by that. Yeah, I think it's a great tool. 
I think as a dynasty manager, you can go watch what all these little Devi websites are doing and all I like the stuff the Debbie that they draft. have, yeah. you know, and see where people are going because it's it, that will help you with this exercise that we're talking about now. Yeah, shout um, out, shout out to the Devi community. Thank you for right. And if you're not taking uh, Quinshawn Judkins at the top of your Devi drafts, <laughs> you're absolutely an idiot. Um, okay, let's get into this. I want to stick today. We'll do a future episode on quarterbacks and tight ends, but today I want to stick to wide receivers and running backs because that is the heart and soul of single quarterback dynasty. And there are some exciting guys coming out. Um, I do think that the 2024 class and the 2025 class are going to be strong. Single quarterback dynasty. I think the 2024 class is extremely strong, stronger at wide receiver, 2025, stronger at running back. Okay. Um, the wide receivers in this upcoming 2024 draft class are somewhat insane. By somewhat insane, I mean they're they're insane. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not somebody we have to even talk about a lot <laughs> because of how incredibly skilled he is. And football, obviously, in the blood. And the guy's just been making insane plays in college already. At the Ohio State Pro Day, you've got NFL scouts being like, why am I here watching JSN next to the guy that I just want my team to have. And that's, we're talking, we're saying that about JSN, who wide and far was a highly touted prospect, not as high on him personally as a lot of the other people who are out there giving him like better than Wilson, better than Olave. I think those comments got overhyped in the fantasy community. We'll see how good he actually is when he takes the field in a couple of months, which is also exciting because we are almost there. Um, but that is the reason you can wheel and deal now. And that and that's my problem, Paul. Hearing about Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm like, okay, if I don't get the number one overall pick next year, like nobody's as good as, as him. You know what? So probably you, not as good as him. But are you going to bring back some life to these other picks? But in let this me, draft? yeah, okay. let let me impart hope on the on the downtrodden here. Thank you to all of the contenders who are going to probably be watching Marvin Harrison Jr. Fly off the board before they ever sniff a possibility at him <laughs> uh, come this time next year. Omeka Egbuka is a great player. Um, Xavier Worthy is a great player at wide receiver. Roma Duze, Zakari Franklin, this Johnny Wilson guy is something else. Shout out to our podcast pups who are barking in the background. <laughs> we got we got some guys, too, that could come out, you know, younger. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, Malik Neighbors. Out of LSU. So I want to talk about basically the guys I just gave you when it pertains to the 2024 wide receiver class. Um, I'm going to start with Mecca Egbuka, who is almost a JSN uh, lookalike. I actually like what I see from him on tape a little bit better than what I saw from JSN. Wow. And I do think the overshadowing thing will bring him down from an ADP perspective. It it looms. Like it, it really makes you less it's, excited. Yeah. I mean it's like a it's like a steroid version of what happened with Bijan and Roshan at Texas. <laughs> Would you say that Emeka is closer to Marv than Roshan is to Bijan? I think the, rec- <sighs> the receiver competition is a little closer than Rojan and Bijan. Like, yeah. a- Mecca is going to be a first round pick next year. Rojan was a third round pick. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely closer. That's what I meant by a on steroids version. <laughs> um, because both of these guys are insane prospects. Um, both of these guys are top twenty five picks in the NFL. I think Xavier Worthy falls in that top twenty five pick uh, realm as well. To me, he moves a lot like Jordan Addison moved um, from the waist down, but then is more physical, longer arms, and definitely, like, I don't know if it's just the pads, man, but it looks like also a broader shoulder and a more, like, square base 
than what Addison had, and I think that that could really bode well for him going into the NFL. He also seems to be the type of guy that comes alive in big games, and it's usually a trait that's really hard to measure in people until they get into the absolute you know, NFL playoff spotlight level setting, um, whether or not they're going to live up to uh, to that clutchness. And he seems like the type of guy who – you know, shows up for the Alabama game, right? Yeah. Um, so you like to see that. So for me, <clears throat> I think safely, Dynasty GMs can assume that Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ekbuka, and Xavier Worthy are going to be your top three wide receivers. Okay. All pretty <clears throat> safe first-round guys. Yeah, and looking at Marvin Harrison and Emeka um, Ekbuka's stats, I just call him Emeka because I was scared to mispronounce his last name. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. only had 12 more targets, three more catches, about 100 more yards, and four more touchdowns. So it's not a giant gap between the two of them. No, it's Stats not. Stats-wise, at least. It's not. And and you wonder if, if Egbuka was in the class with Wilson and Olave... Or even the class with JSN. I love doing this, Paul. He, I love putting players in different he, classes yeah. and comparing them. It's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where would he go, right? Yeah. Um, it'll Obviously, when we talk about these people, it all depends. In, in, in the 2025 discussion, it will depend more. But when we talk about these people, it does depend how they come out and play this season or yeah. the season after. Um, assuming he lives up to the, the level of play that he's shown thus far, I think that he probably would have been ahead of JSN. Okay. I don't know about Wilson or Olave. A little bit of a different type of receivers, too. Yeah. Egbuka's a long torso guy um, with, you know, plays with some height, even though he's not a super tall wide receiver. Um, he, and I felt that about JSN as well. Yeah. Whereas you feel like Wilson and Olave, and, and again, I'm saying this, these guys are like a matter of inches in height difference, but I say this from just their game. Wilson and Olave are the separation anywhere, any space, as small as it can be type of guys. And Wilson can fly. He can jump out the gym, you know. Right. And it's almost it almost looks Mighty Mouse-ish. <laughs> Whereas with guys like, like JSN and Egbuka, I feel like... They just have like a longer wingspan. Catch radius. Not get, yeah, not yeah. getting off the ground as high, but maybe have mm. a bigger catch radius. And, and because of that, it's like a little bit more in the, you know, leaping ability. Uh, if it's a Madden game, you know, the speed, separation, acceleration, agility is a little lower there. The spectacular catch might be a little bit higher. Um, but I do think that um, we're splitting hairs a little bit. Yeah. What it, and you're talking about all guys who are going to be fantastic first round dynasty picks and first round NFL draft picks. All right. I'm back on the, I'm back on the rest of this draft now, Paul. Thank okay. you for getting me reengaged. Okay. So <clears throat> yeah, long story short, if you don't get Marvin Harrison, there's two more guys that are <laughs> almost as good. You should still be a little disappointed though. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the difference makers from a dynasty roster perspective. And that when I say difference makers, I mean, if you identify that this guy's going to be a stud, probably nobody else has done that in your league. Whereas the three guys I just gave you, everybody and their mother is going to be telling you how good they are. <laughs> so this tier consists of Troy Franklin, Roma Duze, Zakari Franklin, Johnny Wilson, Bo Collins, Ja'Cory Brooks, and Malik Neighbors. It's a big tier two for me. In this class. And I think that any one of those players that I just named can make this jump into a top 30 draft pick. Okay. And let's just say one of them does. You've got four first-round wide receivers in 2024. Okay. If two of them do it, you're at six. That's an – we're like – That's what we need. Yeah, that's what we love. That's what we live for here in uh, in uh, Dynasty Land. We had four this year, and we weren't even you know thrilled with the overall prospects in in this year's class. Right. It's not it's not a stretch to say there could be six in in twenty twenty four. Depends on need a little bit too from the NFL team <laughs> perspective, but I mean that wide receiver spot has gone high, and and, and I, let's 
enough said. Let's talk a little bit about what kind of game these guys are putting out there on the field. Um, some of the names I mentioned may stay and end up being 2025 guys because um, they don't want to come out early. But Troy Franklin, this guy is a burner. I think he he's in the mold of Wilson and Olave when we talk about that just separation in space in small space ability. Um, I need to see it more on the route tree expanding. He's an Oregon duck. They are running flies all the time out there. And I want to see this dude run the entire route tree and continue to create the type of separation that he's been creating uh, thus far in the deep game. And if he does that, he's an NFL draft pick. I'm sorry, an NFL first-round draft pick. The other one, sticking to the Northeast, is Roma Duze, who's playing at Washington for the Huskies. I need to see sort of the the overall game get sharper across the board for him to be a first-round guy for me. But I do see him being the grow-on-me guy. Yeah, I if, like this prospect. If that makes sense. Uh, because he plays with a toughness that I love to see after the catch. He does everything right. Um, I'd like to see him improve with getting off of press coverage and just, again, top-end speed. Yeah. But he, such a young guy that from last year to this year, he's already broken out. I think from last year to this year, he's the type of guy that makes that jump. Remember, we're talking about really, really young kids here. These were your. This is your 2021 recruiting class, and yeah, they're 18. <laughs> you know, and he's so. already broken out, which is, which is great. So, you know, that is important. I, I do like this prospect. He only took 15 percent of his snaps from the slot. Um, his abs, average depth of target was pretty good. His yards per route run were pretty good. He's got good size. So um, I think he's a solid prospect. He could be one of those players you see at the back end of your first round, beginning of your second round, where you get a lot of value for a long career. So I agree. It could be a tra- good trajectory for, for Rome. Yeah, and, and the stats reflect sort of my take on him a little bit too, which doesn't always happen. But I, I think that he's got all these good stats, and if he just adds it, dash of speed to and keeps doing everything the way he's doing it decent yak too he has you know? not great but he has some decent yak he put up last year too yeah he looks like he runs he runs with a little toughness for a wide receiver um zakari franklin zakari franklin is 6-1 but he plays like a tall wide receiver um he's going to be at old miss this coming year He's coming from UT San Antonio. So, small school. He was definitely top target in the transfer portal. He's a nuanced route runner. Natural hands, works well in space. I think he will immediately be one of the top targets for the Ole Miss offense this year. Um, Whichever quarterback wins that starting job (laughs) remains to be seen. Uh, But he, in Conference USA, he put up a thousand yards in two seasons already. And so to me, this is a huge this guy's the definition of has a good season, propels himself into the first round conversation. And I do think that what you'll see happen at Old Miss this year is that he ends up kind of being a natural replacement for Mingo on the outside. And just gets a ton of targets. Uh, Will Stein's got a pass-heavy offense, and I think he's going to get every opportunity in the world to to take this game to the next level and show that he can do it in the SEC. So, Kari Franklin, keep your eye on him. Keep your eye on him. Yeah, like you, I said, like I said, you <laughs> you know what this is, folks. It's time for new names you heard here first. <laughs> so, Kari Franklin, UT San Antonio. I'll be watching closely those SEC games, see if he can put himself on the map. Another guy that I want to see uh, put himself on the map is Aeneas Smith. Uh, He's going to be playing for the Aggies. He's returning for a fifth year. 
this is sort of a side note, honorable mention guy. Um, he's been getting sort of like Debo style use in college. Um, I just, I feel bad. I think he probably has been hurt too much that this career can propel him to the NFL, but Anaya Smith, keep your eye out on him. Uh, Johnny Wilson <laughs> is where I want to dig in. Interesting okay? player. Really interesting player. Shout out to the Florida State Seminoles. I just don't know what to make of this guy, <laughs> man. This guy is a six seven athletic beast. And I'm sorry, but no matter how well you move, at six seven, there's only so much space you can move in. He moves in that space as well. Shock, not as well. To the point that it will shock your mind as to how a human being can move that fast in that space <laughs> at that size. Yet, I don't know if that gets it done. We'll see. Um, GMs might worry about how big he is, you know. Right. Or try to move him to tight end. Yeah. You'll, and that, honestly, that would be freaking dangerous. Usually you want height. It's almost like hurting him right now. Unless, like you said, he can move at this oddly quick level for his size. Yeah, I mean, he, the thing is he can. And it's going to be really interesting to see. Like, if he breaks out this season and just has an incredible year. <laughs> and he's playing out wide, too. 85% of his snaps were from outside. Minimal, yeah. minimal slot work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you can put this guy in the slot. How would you ever throw over? <laughs> <laughs> Big slot, you know, tight end split out wide. You get some of that. He looks like he's got a little bit of drop issues, some high higher drops than some of these other prospects, but pretty good depth of target, pretty good yards per outrun, especially for that for that size getting down the field. Exactly. And you just want to see him really take over some big games this year. I felt like that was missing a little bit last season and if he does that, then here's Johnny. <laughs> I look, he looks like Mike Evans to me a little bit. Okay. Uh, I mean, you got to think they're, they're only going to get bigger and faster as these players evolve, right? <laughs> you got to think. You got to think. Um, okay. So taller receivers this year that are, are in the 2024 than the 2023 uh, class. <laughs> just the variety is, is really there. There's really a lot of guys. Um, and Johnny Wilson is like, I, he's one of those guys that could end up, like the ceiling is outrageous. His ceiling is Calvin Johnson. <laughs> if you're that good and you're that at 6'7", you know, Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson type of game. But we just haven't seen it from him yet. Okay. And so... I hope he doesn't take the A.T. Perry route. A.T. Perry was getting me excited with his size and his leap ability, but it doesn't sound like... I haven't watched Wilson. I did watch Perry. Perry couldn't move at the quickness that you're describing Wilson with. Wilson's got twice the highlight tape at this point in his college career than Perry had. I like that. So that that he's got that going for him. That said, like your point is not incorrect. That's the flip side of yeah. this Calvin Johnson Randy Moss ceiling is there's a lot of AT Perry's out floor, there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And let's let's be honest, most people go the other way. It's true. Uh a lot of promise though. I mean I I would love to see it just because of how kind of game-breaking the whole thing is. Um, Bo Collins is my next receiver. Clemson, very much the opposite of our man Johnny Wilson. He is your kind of long-legged, long-quad guy with short, controlled torso wide receiver. Um, broke out late his true freshman season. The kind of year that he has this year will kind of dictate, I think, everything for Bo Collins. Everybody says that he's an extremely hard worker down there. And again, I don't understand how he does it, but he's one of those guys that looks like he's just operating as, you know, somebody from the waist up with like robot legs that do insane things. When I watch his, his best tape, it's just incredible the way that he can sort of spin, turn around, look at the ball over his shoulder while running perfectly straight the opposite direction that he's looking. 
My dog Moose is really good at uh, running uh, <laughs> the direction he's not looking to. He'll run your knees. He's right over at the dog park. You got to watch out. He's done it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe today. Good tackler. <laughs> All right. So the last two names I'm going to give you are your next LSU and your next Alabama wideouts, Malik Neighbors, Ja'Cory Brooks. These guys have big seasons. They're going to be the stud underclassmen from LSU and Alabama in next year's draft. And if this happens, we're talking about an insanely loaded class to the point that maybe they stay home. <laughs> you know, maybe they look at it and they go, shit, like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Egbuka are up there. Xavier Worthy's up there. Maybe one of these other guys I mentioned before this is up there. If you're Ja'Cory Brooks and Malik Neighbors, you might be looking back going, Maybe I'll just wait till next year and so I could be the guy. Yeah, neighbors a little different, a little bit more time in the slot. So uh, there's a lot of outside receivers that you've mentioned so far, just hearing the way you describe them and, and looking at where they play. So maybe he has a little niche in this in this class where there's more X and outside receivers. Possibly, possibly. I think he might be the guy to kind of bring the, the Tigers wide receiver room back from the bootay fiasco. Oh, my goodness, they need it. <laughs> he really does have next-level speed um, and an ability to adjust to the ball that I was blown away by. Um, really good contested catch numbers as well. Yeah, that's what I saw, the ability to adjust to the ball in the air and make the wiry catch just like – how did his arm go that way and then turn so that his palm faced the football? I don't know. I don't know how it <laughs> happened, but he did it. Um, and then Ja'Cory Brooks, this dude's competing with Kool-Aid McKistry every day. <laughs> so I'm drinking the Kool-Aid for Ja'Cory. And he is prototype builds, man. Ja the, the pipeline here at Alabama goes Ja'Cory Brooks, Isaiah Bond. That's who our 2025 uh Name you heard here first is. <laughs> um, and there'll be more of them when we start talking 2025. But I really do like uh, both Ja'Cory Brooks and Neighbors. And I'm excited about the wide receiver class for 2024. Maybe more than I have been for any class since we started doing this. Wow. Uh, I wish I had more picks. Yeah. Um, because there's a couple of honorable mentions here in Adonai Mitchell and Jermaine Burton. Um and uh, we'll see how they do next year. Not to, and that's trip. That's just the wide receivers. <laughs> that's just wide receivers in 2024. Let's talk about the running backs. Okay. All right, Paul. All right, Paul. I'm back. I'm back in. You, be, you back with me? I'm running back. backs. We're not going to leave Ohio State. Okay. Travion Henderson is probably the guy that people are going to be hyping up. Although I did see a recent article from Bleacher Report that said Blake Corum's the best running back in this class and then mentioned a bunch of other running backs in the class without do like mentioning uh, Henderson or Rocket Sanders. Who <laughs> I like them both better than Corum. Um, but Travion Henderson's your all-around back, man. Tough runner. I kind of get a David Montgomery vibe a little bit, but more he had less of the, like, incredible spin-off highlight in college, but he's a guy that I just really, I think I like his, his downhill running a little bit more even. Um, the one thing I watched a ton of tape on Travion Henderson. And the one thing that I need to figure out this season is can he juke right the same way he jukes left? <laughs> because every single open field just like really good looking jump cut goes left. And I'm wondering if the <laughs> Travion, I'm sorry if I'm routing, if I'm uh, ratting you out to the entire uh, college football world right now by telling everybody this, but this dude jukes left. Like he's going left just. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to see that out of him, but I, I honestly, there were a few where he went, right. I think if he has good coaching, they'll take care of that this season. And, He'll be one of the top running backs off the board. Hard to understand what round he'll go in with what's happening with running backs right now. He definitely fell off a little bit from his uh, his hype last year. Yeah, say. yeah, and he'll be a year older, you know, next year too, which, again, we'll see what that does to the draft stock or if something happens in the realm of the running back world and the pay scale or structure changes, 
it could potentially change in a way that impacts draft value. So keep an eye on that. Um, Rocket Sanders. Love this dude. Arkansas <laughs> running back just physically stands out from every other running back in this class, in my opinion. He runs through SEC defenders. He never falls backwards. He's taking screens to the house. It's a speed power combination that you don't often see. Thick dude with like a wide center for a guy who moves the way he does. You know, you add another 15 pounds to this guy and he's 15 pounds of muscle. He's Derrick Henry. <laughs> um, so to me, he's the best running back in the 2024 class okay. overall. Because you know me and my love for big running backs and guys with thick bellies. Well, he's got um, some breakaway capability too. He had a oh, lot yeah, of breakaway. Yeah. I don't mean to make year. it seem this this he doesn't have a thick belly like my thick belly. Let's be honest. He's got he's got a barrel six pack. Like that's the type of insane physique we're talking about. This well, guy Rocket Sanders can ball. Mostly a zone runner. <clears throat> Number two last year in uh total rushing yards. So um breakaway ability, durable, um, Kind of fits the NFL game. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued too, Trip. As as well, the rest of the dynasty GMs out there should be. Blake Corum. He's good. I listen. We always we always go a different direction when it comes to the <laughs> small running back. He's a Mike. How much now. does he weigh? Uh, you tell me. All right, I'll look that up. Keep going. He's the. You're the stat guy this episode. <laughs> Trip and I are recording from a makeshift studio because I got this insane idea to build a custom podcast table, and we're going to take this thing to YouTube soon. And uh, I didn't get it done in time. It's a construction uh, zone in my backyard. And so we posted about it on Instagram today. Check out our, our IG. Yeah. Dynasty you, is life. You can watch that process. You can watch that failure of a process if you like. Blake um, Corum is 209 pounds. Uh, well, Only 5'8", though. I I I don't put him in the category of too small like I do Devin A. Chain. Yeah. He's um, he's thick. Yeah. I'm not worried about this guy in the NFL at in terms of being being a starting running back or close to it, right? I just don't think he's the best running back in the class. I think he has a special ability to juke and manipulate space. Um to the point that he has that innate ability to juke early and control the traffic ahead of him as opposed to just react to it. And that is special. And and so I see that in Blake Corum. Um, I do worry a little bit about him being able to use that at the NFL level and run through guys. Um, he has a decent amount of missed tackles forced even more than rocket sanders he has 73 i believe rocket was somewhere in the mid 60s yeah I but, you, but you don't know if that's like running through or you know like well i'd uh, imagine with rocket it's more running, yeah. <laughs> running through and it's more a combination of both and with blake it's probably again this his ability to slip people and to stop on a dime change direction and again juke to navigate Juke to manipulate space. Yeah, some limited. That is, it is really, really impressive. So I, I get that. Um, some, some limited pass catching numbers on him as well. Yeah, yeah. He just, he has a little Brian Westbrook, Maurice Jones-Drew vibe. Looking at his accumulated stats, it's all like rushing and designed runs. Like the other defense, the, 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 you know. They know it's coming. They know it's coming, yeah. and, and they're he's still he's still running through people, getting a lot of first downs and a lot of breakaway runs. He's got incredible vision. He certainly has. I don't think he has. He does not have NFL home run speed. Um, you know, if it's a ninety yard run, I think safeties and corners are are catching him. But you don't need that to be great to be an all time great running back at the NFL level. And I think that if he can maintain and get into the right zone blocking offense. Uh, he, you know, or even one of these read option offenses, he could be something, man. I mean, that fake and his size and just power and speed, that's got to be so hard to track as a defensive lineman. Those small running backs, and you can't really see if around a big old 
big, ugly offensive guy trying to block your ass. You can't see if the quarterback's handing it off or not with a big running back. And then when you can't even see the running back, it's a lot harder to tell if he's handing it off or not. So I could see, you know, him being really effective in that position. So uh, great player. I just personally, I think Rockin and Travion are more of like your all around three down NFL guys. Um, I like Rockin. <clears throat> I'd probably put Blake ahead of Travion right now. We'll see how okay. the season plays out. I could see that. Uh, another guy that's kind of on the come up that I think actually might pass all of them before we get to this time next year is uh, Jace McClellan from Bama. He's kind of stepping into that Gibbs role, and he just runs like compact and powerful through traffic and can kind of quickly go from that to, to wide receiver mode. Um, so he's going to have a scary junior year being – the guy at Alabama, and he also is a great receiver. So he also could be one of these guys that looks at this running back uh, pay scenario and goes, screw this, I'm going to go play play wide receiver. (laughs) He might be able to do it. Uh, Really talented player, just hadn't really had the opportunity because obviously behind a stacked Alabama offense. Um, Last but not least, another guy who I have a lot of love for, but I – I'm going to probably surprise Trip a little bit. Uh, Braylon Allen. Wisconsin. This guy averages five yards a carry for the Badgers. He's got good size. He's got good power. People in Wisconsin saying, you know, next Jonathan Taylor might be a little bit of a stretch. But the speed, agility, uh, the talent, you know, it's there. Um, he runs a little high for me, a little high and narrow. He's got extremely long arms. He's a big dude. What's his, you got a height weight for me over there on Braylon Allen. Let's see. The whole reason I meant to tell you guys about this podcast setup before is because it means that I don't have, uh, some of the same visibility into the, the back end. Ooh, 240. Yeah. He's a big boy. So yeah. Anyway, he, he, see, I don't, I don't need the, I don't need the back end guys. I know all this stuff right off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, huge guy. Just running a little high right now, and I need to see, I need to see him bring it all in a little bit more into the phone booth, a little more compact of a runner, and I think uh, he could be great. A, a, a decent receiving profile, um, a decent amount of breakaway runs, um, designed runs. He's running for a lot of yards. He's running different style of runs. He's bigger um yeah he's a, so he's so, a baller yeah he he looks like he can win a number of ways at his size as well oh yeah yeah we've seen him run through people and around people long legs you know it, it's just i just need to see the ankle tackles being a little less effective a little bit of a wider base with his feet if that makes sense sure um, that's what I'm looking for out of Braylon Allen this year. And if I see it, then I'm going to be really, really excited about kind of what we're working with. And um, look, these guys are all kind of potentially first-round dynasty rookie draft picks. Um, there are some underclassmen that might come out. Uh, Donovan Edwards is the other running back at Michigan with Blake Corum. And there's a lot of Michigan fans that will tell you he's better. Um, so he's somebody to look out for. Montrell Johnson is another guy down in Florida who's worth looking out for, another underclassman um, who might come out, might you know kind of crash the party for some of these guys. Um, When's uh, – I can look this up too. When does Frank Gore's son come out? Well, it's funny you should mention, Trip, because – he looked good. This felt like the right time to just smoothly transition into the 2025 class. As I mentioned, Donovan Edwards and um, some of these other guys that may come out uh, early. You know, Keelan Robinson from Texas supposed to take over for Bijan. Um, it will be interesting to see how he does smaller back with some serious speed and receiving ability. Um, so those are guys who are actually 2025 draft class guys that I uh, kind of just put them in the 2024 class because I think there's a really good chance, especially Donovan Edwards. 
um, I could see him coming out early. Frank Gore only one ninety four, one hundred ninety four pounds. Frank Gore Jr. Yeah, Frank Gore Jr. Frank Gore Jr. still only like nineteen years old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's allowed. When that, but I I appreciate you bringing that up because I did want to mention that about this twenty twenty five class. So keep this in mind. These twenty twenty five kids were twenty twenty two recruits. So right now here in twenty twenty three. They could be as young as 19 years old. So do I see Frank Gore being drafted into the NFL at under 200 pounds? Probably not. Okay. Um, and that makes this evaluating process even a little bit harder. Um, so speaking of legacy, guys, you've got Frank Gore Jr., you got Travis Etienne, uh, Travis Etienne's little brother, Trevor Etienne. Um, you have... I want to look this up. I did see Thrash, the name Thrash, <laughs> on this list of prospects that I'm that I'm looking at. So um, I don't know if we got a James Thrash relative here. No, but we do have a singleton. <laughs> and I got stopped in my tracks here just because I, I went and took the time to look up and find that Nick Singleton was not a relative of any of the previous singletons. But my uh, little rant there played right into him being one, and I just had to make sure i was right but but he's probably the guy that we need to talk to talk about um because uh this kid runs violently and um still some room to grow physically home run speed i would kind of describe nick singleton's at penn state by the way so when you're watching college football this season take a look at him um i feel like he runs sloped like he looks like his shoulders and head are are ahead of his feet, and I don't know how he does it. Um, the acceleration's incredible, and it just really lets him kind of take on contact with this leverage that makes him bounce off, and um, he runs with like violent arms, which sometimes can be a good thing. Because you shake people off of you, you keep it churning, it helps your feet stay moving. Sometimes it can make you fumble. This kid ran for 1,000 yards and 12 tutties with no fumbles as a freshman. As a freshman in the Big Ten for the Nittany Lions, 1,000-plus yards, 12 touchdowns, and no fumbles. So that's freshman year going to be an exciting sophomore year for the Nittany Lions who by the way also have one of the top quarterbacks in college football kind of taking the reins in Drew Alar. So if you're a Penn State fan, you know, maybe maybe it's your year. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, they're loaded with with dynasty prospects. They are definitely a stacked team. Texas A&M too. Um, surprising number of guys. And as a matter of fact, Nick Singleton's backup, Katron Allen, it was a four four star recruit who can catch a football and I think will be potential top four NFL round draft pick. Um, so yeah, it it is it is a class that looks like it's going to be really good, especially if some of these guys stay. Um, I mentioned Donovan Edwards. I also want to talk about um, somebody that had they been 12, 11 years older. Would have had the honor of Dennis Kelly blocking for him <laughs> in Caleb Johnson. Um, I just love the way he runs. You know, it's just patience and vision, and in that like Le'Veon Bell style of game, little bit more physical, little less you know slippery than Le'Veon. Not everybody's Le'Veon, but I feel like this kid could kind of develop his game, and two three years from now we could see him doing that in the NFL couple of honorable mentions before I get into uh, the bell of the ball here. Uh, Jam Jamar, hopefully I'm saying this right, Jamarion Miller, buried behind that depth chart of uh, at Alabama. Um, so we will see if Jace McClellan decides to become a wide receiver, right? I mentioned he might just all of a sudden decide he doesn't want to play running back anymore. And if he does... I think that Jamar, 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 I don't mess this name up all the time. Jamari Miller, 
uh, will step in in Alabama, and he will be – if he does that next year, he's going to be a high, high draft pick. If you have a choice um, between going into in NFL as a running back or a receiver, your financial advisor is going to tell you, pick wide receiver. It's to the point, and I have more to say on this, but I'm going to wait for the player who fits the category till I, to bring this up. But all of it, I think, leads to the fact that these RBs should be able to play earlier, too. Um, we mentioned Trevor Etienne. Samuel Brown, the fifth. From our now podcast home state of New Jersey, up there for the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers, looks like he could be an absolute beast. Trevante Stevenson out of Miami, another guy to watch. Uh, And Damian Martinez from Oregon State. Now, those are my names to watch. I gave you a couple of of studs that I think, you know, Caleb Johnson, Donovan Edwards, Nick Singleton, the bell of the (laughs) ball. For the 2025 running back class is Kin Sean Judkins. And let me tell you, this kid is a beast. He <laughs> is absolute max level speed. If he gets knocked off his line, his whole body stays straight up and just moves sideways in the air and then keeps going forward. It's like freaking incredible. The stiff arm. That this guy has. He just gets his non-carry hand like right in the chest of a defender right at the moment that they kind of like leave their feet to leap and before they put the power into it. And it just is like timing I've never seen before from a running back. He puts these guys on the ground so fast. It's like, it's crazy. I, I think he's like, honestly, Trip. Let's hear kid, it. This kid is Jamal Charles plus 10 pounds. Wow. It's it's awesome. It's just awesome. I, I don't know how else to say it. I can't wait. This is a kid. A lot of missed tackles for us for this guy. Remember I said I had something I wanted to say about this whole running back situation. Uh-huh. Maybe letting him play a little earlier. This kid could walk onto an NFL roster and start right now. Yeah, that was one of the things they were discussing is like draft running backs earlier than the other draft classes to get them more money in their NFL career. Yeah, yeah, because they, you know, honestly, you can bounce back from injury when you're younger, too. And the difference between 20 and 23, I'm sure it's not as bad for these guys as it was (laughs) for us. But, like, you know, three years when it comes to an ACL tear, yeah, you still recover quickly at 23, but you recover faster at 20. And if they're that talented and ready to play, I mean – let him play. I mean, this kid was second all time in freshman rushing yards behind Herschel Walker. Crazy. I, I see. A, I see a number that's kind of jumping off the table right now for him. Is he had two hundred and seventy five rushing attempts? Ninety one of those were for first downs. That's insane. <laughs> that's Over that's third. one third. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one third of his yards were for first downs. So you could probably just give him the ball the entire game. Anyway, <laughs> if you haven't watched him yeah. play, go do it. Like, honestly, if you're a fan. Receiving numbers are very good, too. If you're a big enough Dynasty football fan, like, you'll see Moose backs me. You can probably hear him. Like, go to an old Miss game this year just to watch this kid. <laughs> like, it's just, like, numbers. worth doing. Yeah. Just, like, he's right there with Marvin Harrison. Like, I would go to an Ohio State game just to watch Marvin Harrison Jr. play in college. I would go to an old Miss game just to watch Kid Sean Judkins. He's special. He's just absolutely special. Um, I'm excited. Those are those are some uh, you know some really nice metrics I'm, I'm seeing on him. So oh my god, incredible player, incredible, incredible. Just I don't know. Like it's like it's in, an incredible way that he's like Iverson, like kind of <laughs> how Allen Iverson would be somebody that I just couldn't believe the way he moved. Yeah. He's kind of like that at the running back position. It's it's I'm telling when I say a guy and when I say that about a guy like, tr- you know, it it's not half heart like it, it does a lot goes into that. You'd be surprised at how many NFL wide receiver coaches play Allen Iverson tape for their wide receiver room. I, I've heard oh, yeah. I've heard I've heard at least four of them say that they've used his like crossover tape as ways to teach uh, route yeah, running. Hey man. 
That footwork. <laughs> Transcendent. <laughs> Legend. No practice, but it's just, just <laughs> born with it. Sometimes you're just born with it, man. Um, so let's try to, to – we're heading into the final stretch here of this episode. That kind of wraps up my take on 2025 running backs. Um, but right now, if there are that many guys in the conversation and that yeah, that's strong top dog there, then you can – you can count on it potentially being a really strong class. I'll be ready to re-up my running back room by 2025. So. Yeah, well, I think I got, at the rate this is going, we all will be. There's going to be only rookie contract running backs. It's crazy. Um, I'm feeling good about Jameer Gibbs and Brees Hall as a good next three-year window then. Yeah, yeah, I would be too. Um, the wide receivers, 2025 wide receivers, they're, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be overshadowed again by the Marvin Harrison thing. Um, but there are three guys worth really talking about. Evan Stewart, Barry and Brown, and Luther Burden III from Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Mizzou, respectively. Um, you've also got Isaiah Bond. I mentioned him before, buried on that Alabama depth chart. I think that Evan Stewart could be right up there with a Harrison Jr. or a Garrett Wilson as top of the class dominant and top 10 NFL draft pick. This guy was a five-star recruit. He's got insane hands, went for 650 yards last year, dismantled Alabama in their game. I'm going to be shocked if he's not the consensus number one wide receiver in this class. Always good to have one of those when you're looking at a draft class. So back to back years, you're telling me there's there's an elite talent at the wide receiver position. We'll see. You know, I I don't. God, Marvin Harrison Jr. was better at this point in his career than Evan Stewart is, but I just think he's the the type that could grow into it and be at that level by the time draft day comes. Um. I don't really see Luther Burden or Barry and Brown doing that, but I do think that they're guys who will go in the first round of dynasty drafts. Um, other guys to maybe take a look at would include Antonio Williams, another Dutch fork silver Fox uh, going to Clemson kind of reminds me of Randall Cobb slot guy, Marvin Mins, Josh Downs ish. Um, He's won some sideline balls in the SEC. You know, long arms for a short guy and the routes look crisp. Um, need to see a little bit more, though, before he gets there. Um, there's a kid in Arizona, Teterioa McMillan. Tall, lanky, kind of a long torso guy, but he's twitchy with solid footwork. Arizona also had another receiver, Jacob Cowing, who had 1,000 yards last year and um, charts out pretty well. Yes, yeah, he's on my uh, mentions list. I already mentioned Isaiah Bond. The LSU equivalent over there is, <laughs> is Aaron Anderson. Okay. Um, he redshirted at Bama his freshman year, actually, and got hurt. Now he's transferring home to the Bay with uh, something to prove. So we'll see what happens. Short guy, track athlete, um, interesting prospect. Um, I couple of mentions here. Jordan Tyson, Colorado. Um, 20 yards per catch in a large market share of the offense last season. He's transferring to ASU. Um, scary to think what he can look like in two years, this kid, because um, the speed is just awesome in his Buffaloes tape. Um, so uh, the other speed of Buffaloes, a uh, kid now playing for Colorado and prime down in, uh, down in Boulder, is Travis Hunter, who more likely than not will play defense and be a corner. But if this kid goes to play quarterback, well, I'm sorry, goes to play wide receiver, watch out Dynasty players because he was the number one recruit in the 2022 class. He went to go play for Dion. If he turns around and says, I want to play wide receiver, like Dion's going to let him play wide receiver. As a matter of fact, he may be playing both sides of the ball this year. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Show me Otani of NCAA football. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A um, couple other guys to watch. Squirrel White, love the name. You know, led the country in yards per route last year, so it could be uh, didn't didn't have a ton of routes, but led the country in yards per route. Um, Tennessee guy. Um, we'll see how the efficiency uh, is maintained. And uh, Matthew Golden from Houston is somebody that I think could be potentially good in the next couple of years. He averaged a touchdown per game 
as a freshman. That's obviously pretty impressive. Was buried behind Tank Dell on the depth chart, going to get his opportunity going forward. So, um, interesting class. In 2025, there's just so much that can happen uh, between now and when they actually you know, go. But I think what we're able to do here is we're able to quantify uh, for the people, for the dynasty GMs out there, what they should be putting into these classes when it comes to stock and value. And that, in turn, should help you figure out, do I want to acquire more picks now when it will cost me less when it's more feasible for these future classes? And if it's me right now, I'm probably pretty impressed with the 2024 class. Yeah. Um, Even the mid-first round sounds like a good place to be Yes, next year. It, it is it is looking like it's going to be a good, a good one. Um, and then twenty twenty five, maybe there's some, some top two, three picks you want to be looking at with the uh, Judkins and some of those receivers you were listing as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, bust for Bijan, quit for Queenshaw. <laughs> uh, I think that's and then come back. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, but you know what? I mean. If you anticipate, like my guy Trip here, potentially needing to restock that running back room in 2025, yep. Now might be a good time to go see, seek. You know, you don't have a 2024, but maybe you go seek 2025 first round pick. It's uh, one of many dynasty life paths you could take. A lot, a lot of info packed in this episode, folks. If you're in your car, driving along, and you didn't write any of this down, I'm, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to listen to it again. Uh, like I said, make sure you don't share this podcast, uh, but follow us at Dynasty is Life on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you on the show. Reach out. Thanks for listening.